You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right, folks. Welcome back to the latest Mountain West Wire podcast. Another one of these shorter episodes. Get to know the opponents in the non-conference. And to give you something to listen to every day at work, you know the website, mwr.com, Twitter, MWCWire, all that great stuff. This particular show, we're going to be talking Washington State versus Wyoming, which should be, it's the opener for the Cougars here. Cowboys getting game two. We're talk, talking with uh, Jeff Nusser at kookcenter.com. So, hey, how you doing, man? I'm awesome. So, it's been, we've had you on a few times before in the past, but uh, it's been a while because I think the Cougars haven't played a mountainless team in a little bit, I want to say. They played Boise last year. I think we missed that one, but yeah, played Boise State the last two years. No, maybe it hasn't. Maybe I just forget to talk to you and say, "Hey, come chat about the game." (laughs) Maybe, maybe that's it. We'll see. It's okay. No, we we know we know what's going on here. So here's what we're doing here for people who've listened to our Michigan State one, Colorado. We're just trying to get Wyoming fans to know Washington State. And let's start with this: Mike Leach is playing coy quarterback deal issues, not issues, but uh, starting quarterback because there's a new one. So who's it going to be? Let uh, Wyoming fans know who they need to prep for for this weekend. Yeah, I mean, the start is going to be Gardner Minshew. Uh, He's the grad transfer from East Carolina. Um, You know, obviously Mike Leach likes to, you know, pretend that he's very clever. And, you know, I'm going to put four quarterbacks on the depth chart with three oars in between them just to, you know, mess with everybody. Um, But, you know, the fourth quarterback is Cameron Cooper, who's a true freshman who hasn't gotten meaningful reps in a practice in three weeks. So, you know, I mean, it's just whatever. Um, So Minshew's going to be the guy. Um, He's, uh, you know, he's he's an interesting guy. Um, You know, he's got some experience. He was was kind of a part-time starter the last two years at East Carolina. Um, Had, you know, varying levels of success. Had some really big games. Had some pretty inconsistent games. Um, Left there because they had brought in a hotshot freshman who they were basically just going to give the job to. Um, who had a different skill set than Minshew. Minshew's, uh, you know, I mean, he's a pretty prototypical pocket passer. He's got some mobility, um, but, you know, he's 6'2", you know, 220 roughly, um, you know, throws a nice ball, doesn't have a great arm, you know, but uh, throws a nice ball, makes all the throws you need to be able to make in the air raid. He's very accurate. Uh, you know, so he's, you know, he's kind of a, I mean, he's an air raid quarterback. Um, he's more fleet of foot than Luke Falk. You know, obviously there's going to be inevitable comparison. So, uh, but, you know, so far during camp, uh, he has shown that he's got a way better command of the air raid than I think anybody would have reasonably expected. I, I, you know, it's a, it's a pretty famous offense for being, you know, the pure version that Mike Leach runs. It's pretty famous for being difficult to master. And uh, really every report was that he was, uh, you know, right neck and neck with the two guys he was competing with, which um, were a couple of guys who, you know, had been in the program for a couple of years, but um, have never, you know, have never played. And so the fact that he was kind of neck and neck with them from the very start and has only gotten better with more reps, um, you know, is a really good sign for a team that, that's looking for a quarterback to replace uh, Tyler Halinski, who obviously died by suicide back in January. So, um, you know, I think it's a good sign that he's the starter. You know, you bring in a guy as a grad trans- transfer, I think that's the hope. And um, I think we're, you know, cautiously optimistic that he'll be able to run the air raid efficiently enough um, to put up some points this year. 
Yeah, we kind of know what to expect, but if he's already getting it down, he was there during spring, correct? As well, is that right? Or is it just only fall no, he, only? No, he could. So as a transfer, he couldn't come in until the summer. Hmm. So he actually. So funny story is he spent that time um, after his transfer from East Carolina. He went back home to Mississippi, um, and the actual originator of the air raid, Hal Mummy, um, I believe, was uh, the offensive coordinator at Jackson State, and so he was basically driving the thirty minutes. Um, from his home to meet with Hal Mummy regularly and attend their spring practices. He didn't obviously get to practice, mm-hmm. but um, he got to watch. He got to devour as much film as he wanted to. Um, Hal Mummy was, I guess, super accommodating with that. So, so he really tried to digest as much as he could, prepare as much as he could. And like you know, East Carolina, like a lot of teams, a lot of spread teams are running air raid concepts. So it's not like it's completely foreign. It's more just sort of learning the command of all the different elements. And and like I said, so far so good. I mean, he he jumped in right away. Um, and he really has this charismatic personality, this really commanding presence with the team. And that was kind of the first thing that um, really all the, the neutral observers that I know noticed about him was that he just had this leadership presence that, um, you know, is something that his previous coaches at other schools have talked about, um, that he's just got this personality, this natural leadership ability. And um, I, I really think that's something this team was looking for, you know, again, after losing their quarterback the way they did. Um, to have a guy come in and, and sort of who wasn't there when that happened to kind of come in with a fresh slate and uh, and take control. Um, you know, he really, I think, it seems like so far, has done a, a really great job of, of taking the reins and maximizing the time that he has and really just being a quick learner. Um, that's a good idea. Go meet with the source mummy there. That's a right? pretty good deal. Like we know there's Matt Mummy hanging out in Nevada doing some stuff, so – well, that'll be obviously showing up when they start chucking it around for those games. So who's going to catch the ball? They lose, like, Tavarius Martin's gone, Isaiah johnson max has gone. Leading receivers are running back there and James Williams. Who's he going to be throwing the ball to? It could be anybody because we've all seen what this offense could do. It could be a reserve come, come back. With, all these guys, yeah. 40 catches, 60 catches, four yep. guys, five guys, 30-plus catches. Is there going to be a standout to get, like, 75 catches this year? Yeah, I you know – I don't know if there will be or not. If there is, my bet would be on Tay Martin, um, who's a sophomore. Uh, he's the the X receiver, so the wide the wide out closest to the sideline on the left. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be my choice as a guy who probably would do it if anybody could do it. Um, but you know, this is a really deep core of receivers. There's a lot of talent spread across all four receiver positions, um, and like eight to ten guys are going to play. So the yeah. ball, the ball is going to get spread around. Um, I, you know, I don't think anybody's going to catch 75 or 80 balls. Um, you know, I think the last time you know, River Craycraft maybe did that a couple of years ago. He was an inside receiver. Those guys are the best candidates. So maybe a guy like Kyle Sweet, also you know a senior, uh, gets compared a lot to River Craycraft because he's white and six feet tall and <laughs> you know, does all the things that white inside receivers do. Uh, people have to talk about his shiftiness, right? Oh, yeah. Um, his sneaky athletic. Yeah, exactly. So, anyway, Code you know, words. <laughs> so he, exactly. So he's the guy who, you know, if there was a guy who might do that, he he's probably the guy who might really rack up receptions. Tay Martin's a guy who I could see leading the team in receiving yards. Um, he's a pretty explosive athlete. He was originally supposed to be a, a D1 basketball player, um, and he's going to play both football and basketball at Tulane and um, really emphasize on, um, he's from Louisiana, really emphasize on basketball. Well, then, you know, Mike Leach comes calling. He decides to come up here and um, improve the time, you know. And then there are a whole bunch of other explosive guys, a name that, you know, people who follow recruiting closely might recognize, Jameer Calvin. He was a four-star guy who uh, Wazoo flipped from Nebraska. Um, so, you know, he's uh, he's kind of a burner speedster guy on the inside. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're real deep. Um, 
Leach is even Leach typically plays eight guys, period, two at each position. They rotate in and out. Um, he's even talking about playing maybe even up to ten guys. That's how good he feels about the group overall. So um, lots of guys who can who can make plays, and I think that's really going to help Minshew out too because some of the a lot of the video I saw from him at East Carolina is he's a guy who's not afraid to, to throw the ball out there and let his receivers kind of go get it. Um, or, or throw it to them in places where they can, uh, you know, maybe do something after the catch. And so um, I think having those kinds of weapons, those athletic weapons that we've got, um, you know, we don't have the SEC prototypical, you know, 6'4", 230-pound, 4'4 guy, um, but there are plenty of guys who um, are plenty fast or plenty quick, and they and they just keep coming at you in waves because um, they really do go kind of eight deep, uh, eight to ten deep. So, yeah, it's, uh, you know, one of those guys, either Tay Martin or, or Kyle Sweet, I imagine, will probably um, lead the team in the, in the in the counting stats. But I don't think anybody's going to overwhelm me because the ball is really going to get spread out. So do the hockey sub three in, three out, four in, four out? To- <laughs> it's, yep, it's kind of like that. It really is kind of like that. So who's going to um, – well, get to, not that the offensive line's boring. It's very important. We know that. But – they lose some pretty big guys up there. A couple, what, three, four starters, I believe, or at least three are gone. All American, a couple of Pac-12 guys. Yeah. What's what's gonna? Who's gonna protect them? Is there somebody gonna step up? Like, what are they? Like, what are the outlook? I guess because you're losing half your line. That's a big deal. Yeah, that's kind of a a big question. Um, you know, and the other thing was though the line last year wasn't great. Um, you know, you had Cody O'Connell at left guard who had been an All American as a junior. Um, you know, that seemed to largely come because PFF kind of fell in love with him. Um, you know, and perhaps maybe he wasn't quite as good as PFF made him out to be. He was a, um, an all pack 12, you know, I want to say he was an honorable mention or something the same year he was an all American, which was, we all thought was sort of crazy, but you know, maybe the, maybe the coaches kind of do something about him. He didn't have as good of a year last year. Ends up going undrafted. Um, right guard was a last year, fifth year, Richard, fifth year, senior, um, who, you know, hadn't started until that point for probably a good reason. And then the right tackle was was really the strongest of them, Cole Madison, and we ended up being a fifth-round draft pick of the Green Bay Packers. So um, so that's a – right tackle is definitely a loss. You know, there's a real chance that, that you know, left guard and right guard – the right guard ends up being an upgrade. Left guard maybe at least ends up being a wash. Uh, left tackle Andre Dillard, he's a legit NFL prospect, um, really nice athletic guy. Uh, former basketball player, pretty typical, you know, WSU offensive line recruiters, you know, two, you know, six five and two fifty when he came to Wazoo, and within two years he weighed three hundred and fifteen pounds. So, uh, really good, you know, excellent blocker, excellent athlete. Um, and then the middle, Fred Mautagoa, he's a guy from Hawaii. Um, he's a little undersized for for a center, especially for a beach offensive line. He likes some big. Uh, he's right around three hundred pounds, um, you know, but he's got experience now. So. And then the guy at right tackle taking over for Madison is going to be a redshirt freshman named Nate Lucas, who the staff absolutely loves, um, has all the physical tools. Um, again, you know, came in a little light, put on a ton of weight, um, and is now ready to do his thing. So, you know, there's a chance that the line is, is as good as it was last year. Um, I think it's kind of up in the air a little bit. I think a big area last year, they took a huge step back running the ball. Um, that line just did not have the physical presence to run the ball that it had the year before. And that's something I know they, they need to get back to this year. And then the other thing is uh, Luke Falk, for, for all of his accolades, would sometimes be a very frustrating quarterback um, for holding on to the ball for a long time. Uh, didn't always do his line any favors because he would just hold it, hold it, hold it. Um, you know, ended up with, with a ton of sacks. Last year. I think he was sacked on 7% of his dropbacks, something like that, which is a really yeah, astronomically four, high number. Yeah, 39 yeah. sacks, 264 right. sack yards. That's two football fields, yeah. folks. <laughs> so, 
Gardner Minshew, on the other hand, again, from watching his film, one thing he is is decisive, and the ball comes out pretty quick. Um, so if he's able to do that and not make mistakes while doing it, you know, not throwing interceptions because he's getting it out too quick, um, that's another thing that could really help out the line and an experienced line that needs to grow um, is, is making sure the ball's out within two to three seconds um, so that, you know, that the line's not having to block forever. You, they, you know, it, it's a line that could be, you know, I would expect they're at least as good, could be better um, than last year, but it's, you know, it, it's a little dicey right now, a lot of inexperience. So, yeah, because that's my next thing. Well, I mean, besides them having a game already, they have, in my opinion, others like a really good defense. A lot of guys mm-hmm. up front. They had – I know New Mexico State wasn't great in that opening opening game. They had, I think, six or seven pass breakups or from their linemen. So it's – like you said, if, if he's holding on to the ball, you get your hands up. That's what the off, this offense is for Washington State, these attacks. You want to throw in like two to three seconds as soon as you can. Get it out of your hand in a second sometimes so the guys can't get a hand up. How will right. this new offensive line go up against Wyoming defense that was top 20 nationally in most major categories, returns basically everybody back? Because they're secondary. They have Andrew Wingarden, All-American, second team for most most places. A couple other guys back there. They have a really good mix of talent who's played for years. Two things. Will this, can this offensive line hold up to this Wyoming defensive front that has some really good couple NFL guys coming up? Do you think that's the biggest concern if they're going to get a pass rush or hands up in that this game? You know, honestly, I'm most worried about because Minshew seems to be, like I said, decisive. He will throw the ball and he will, you know, he'll throw it into risky spots. I mean, it's, there's no doubt about that. You know, basically from what I saw again, um, you know, thanks to YouTube. But it's like, <laughs> you know, he'll make some risky throws at times um, and he makes a decision and he rips it. Um, so I'm actually much more concerned about, you know, the, those linebackers and particularly the safeties, right, who are, you know, two awesome, awesome safeties. Um, you know, and Bull, you know, is, is, is known for, for creative defense. And so, you know, it's, I, I'm, I'm a, you know, for a ball hawking defense, um, you know, I'm, I'm a little more concerned that the ball comes out super quick and then he throws it right into somebody's chest and, you know, it's six points the other way. Cause, cause I don't think Wyoming's offense is going to be able to move the ball that much, even <laughs> though the, the WC no. defense is rebuilt, you know, the WC defense is, you know, pretty well rebuilt from last year, especially on the defensive line. Um, so, but I don't think Wyoming's, you know, coming out and putting up 35. So, you know, any, any points that you give away, um, with a short field or with a turnover, those are the kinds of things that scare me that, uh, he's going to, like I said, throw one right into somebody's chest. It could be six points the other way, which are, you know, six points that, that Wyoming's offense probably wasn't going to score. Exactly. Cause they, they love the nation turnovers margin last year by a good, healthy yep. margin. A couple years ago, they had guys like Logan Wilson still there, pick sixes. They were getting either short fields or attorney for points. That's how Wyoming is going to be really good because when they played New Mexico State, yes, the running game finally showed up. And there was, like, the PFF, PFF thing you mentioned earlier, apparently they said New Mexico State has great defense. Uh, didn't see that much <laughs> last week yeah. in this game because right. Wyoming had zero running game last year. They have returning talent because last year was an off mess offensively. So most players are back. They're actually they're going to be – they can't be worse than last year. That's all I keep saying. If they're a little bit better, that might give them, like, three more wins just because of that defense. I expect right. on offense they'll run, run they'll do what they want to do run the ball hopefully it does well and complete sixty percent of the pass if that could be done if they do that but defense they want to get you know how it is get turnovers easy points short fields because if they can even if Wyoming were to say get a couple of turnovers win like three to one and they settle for all field goals that's still questionable to win because the offense is that up in the air from last year to week this week so. It's going to be if they're going to win, it'll be interesting because Wyoming's deep at secondary, but I don't think they're. 
that deep to be able to take on four or five wideouts the entire game, minimum three every single possession. So I think you're right. If they throw quick, maybe Andrew Wingard or Logan Wilson, some linebacker will jump up and get a pick or knock it down. That's going to be an issue. But do you think like Washington State, we know they can score points. Can they score points on this defense enough to make it a win? Because right now, the line, I know it jumped around, but the line's crazy. It's three and a half in some places, but then I see one place it's where only a point for Washington State. It's pretty, it should be a pretty tight one, but do you think the offense can just not basically be business as usual and do well enough against this team? You know, like I said, it's, you know, there's so many question marks, particularly a quarterback, right? We, we just, we haven't seen Gardner Minshew and what he actually can do yeah. at the helm of the offense. One thing to to move the ball, you know, in practice, it's, and, and look, you know, good, decisive doing it, whatever, but, you know, it's a whole other thing to do in a game. Now, the fact that he has started a lot of games, um, you know, is, is something that makes you feel better just simply because, you know, this is a guy who's seen a lot of defense. I mean, this is a guy who, you know, started out at Troy, um, you know, redshirted at Troy, uh, you know, learned he really wasn't going to ever have a chance to earn the starting job there, transfers to a junior college, wins a junior college national championship as um, in, in his one season there, transfers to East Carolina, um, wins the starting job midway through the year, you know, gets, you know, through the summer, comes back, doesn't win the job out of camp, again, wins the job back midway through the year, you know, has some productive games. So, I mean, he started, I want to say he started something like 15 or 14 games at East Carolina. This is a guy who's been around and seen a lot of defenses. So I'd be much more worried if one of the backups, you know, the other two guys really fighting for the job, Trey Tinsley, um, Anthony Gordon, either one of those guys, had they won, I'd be like, you know, really, you know, like guys who haven't really seen anything um, live, you know, I'd be much more concerned about what those guys might do. Um, I think Minshew can, um, you know, like I said, you know, can do some things that those guys can't just because of his experience. Like I said, as, as long as he can stay away from mistakes, um, you know, I, I'm not sure, you know, I'd predict him for a, you know, a five touchdown performance or anything <laughs> like that. Um, but I think certainly 24 to 28 points is within reason. And as long as they don't, like I said, you know, as long as they don't turn, you know, make stupid turnovers, um, give up a short field, really just sort of poop their pants, so to speak. Um, you know, it should be it should be a close game. They should be able to pull it out. Now, again, that's you know that's saying you know well maybe my Wyoming makes some plays. You know, maybe uh, um, you know get turnovers, whatever. Special teams, our special teams are pretty notoriously crappy, and um, you know. And then the other thing is, I mean, Leach's teams. If you just look at history, they they at Wazoo they have sucked in openers. Um, they had not won an opening game or an Apple Cup, um, or had not won an opening game in, in Leach's, um, you know, six years until last year, and then uh, or five years until last year, six years, six years until last year. Yeah, that's included uh, like Eastern Washington, if you, uh, some teams that aren't that good, Port- right? And Portland, Portland sorry, State. sorry, I don't mean to push <laughs> and, Robert in know, too much. <laughs> yeah, no, Eastern Washington was one of them. Portland State was one of them. Um, yeah, so so it's a pretty bad track record. They were able to win the opener last year, thank God. Um, and then you know, but you know, in those games in Apple Cups, he's he's like two and ten or something. You know, the opener and the closer. So, um, so that's another thing that kind of gives us pause. Is yeah, you know, should they be able to compete with Wyoming? Yes. You know, are there reasons to think that you know whatever? But you know, Leach pretty much loses these games. So hopefully, you know that that doesn't rear its head again. Uh, on Saturday. Well, I remember the New Mexico Bowl game versus Colorado State, where at the end of the game, 
I like to pass. My team can pass. Let's pass four times when the clock instead of using the clock. I'm like, mm-hmm. it's just some odd stuff. So, you, so what I heard you correctly, your prediction: Washington State should win this in a close one. I mean, that's you know, that's, no, that's, <laughs> that's fine. fine. I'm just, it's supposed to be a close that's game fine. either way. No. It's the line. But if, yeah, is I mean, close. if I'm a Wyoming fan, I'm like, Wyoming's going to win a close one. You know, it's, I mean, I that that's my expectation is you know a team like Washington State that's won you know whatever 26 games the last three years. Uh, you know, plays in the Pac-12 should be able to go to Wyoming and and win. You know that should happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's like I said. You know, there's there's lots of factors here. Um, again, an inexperienced quarterback, a rebuild. You know, a defensive line that is perilously thin, a new defensive coordinator, um, lots of talent in the back four and the linebackers. Uh, but the defensive line is really suspect. It's a team like Wyoming that wants to run the ball. It is going to be really interesting to see if they're able to do that. If Wyoming's able to run the ball and control the clock and, and keep our offense off the field. Um, and the other thing is, I mean, the air raids, you know, a lot of people think the air raids a fast offense. Mike Leach is not running as a fast offense. I mean, they're typically snapping the ball with under 10 seconds on the clock as they sort of diagnose the defense. Well, they so, set up fast. They uh, just don't, that's the thing. Right. They, they, they set, set up quickly fast, and, wait. and then they diagnose, and they wait, and they look, and they shift, and whatever. You know, so typically they're under 10 seconds on the um, – usually between 5 and 10 seconds on the play clock before they snap. So um, so it could – you know, if, if Wyoming's able to control the ball um, and run the ball and, and keep control of the clock and, and keep pressure on the offense by uh, – on the WSU offense by doing that, um, that would be something that would be not good. If WSU can put them behind the eight ball a little bit early, um, I think that plays way, way, way into Washington State's favor. Um, you know, if they can get up by, you know, seven to ten points in the first quarter or something like that, um, all of a sudden maybe that changes the calculus a little bit for Wyoming and puts them in an uncomfortable spot with a uh, with a young quarterback who didn't exactly look like he was um, ready to – to throw for 4,000 yards yet. Yeah, he, he its percentage was good. But you're right. The defensive line is one area. I'm like, all right, if Wyoming's rushing game is improved, as it looks to be, at least, here's the thing. Yeah, as New Mexico State, he rushed for 90. But this, they had games last year that rushed for like five yards total. And so it's somewhere between this. And that's the one area right. I think Wyoming on offense could have some success just moving the ball. Like I said, the line's a little bit thin for Washington State talent, but inexperienced guys back there who haven't played a ton. So I I don't know. It's in well, I mean, that's the reason I'd give them an edge. Just because it's there, it's not a long ride. It's reasonably close to get to those two places. But the, it's funny. These two college campuses are like the hardest to get to in the country, essentially. Right. <laughs> Laramie yep. out there in Wazoo. Yep. And, uh, oh, shoot. Um, oh, geez. Pullman. Pullman. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I, I'm like, no, it's not Spokane. That's well, that's Gonzaga. No, I'm yeah. like, I know what it is. I should know. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> Going to Idaho and you drive to Spokane, and then you drive down yeah. to Pullman, so. or something like that. So, yeah, it should be close. And I'm going to slight win. I just think it's kind of odd. The line is like four points to one points all over the place. So that'll be it's going to be a toss up. It should be a good one for folks. If you need CBS Sports Network, make sure you find it because that's where it is. Is that a big question? People asking you on the website where CBS to get this? Game? Yeah. People are trying to figure out if they've got it on their package, you know. It also doesn't <laughs> help when the official Pac-12 Twitter feed puts on rate says it's on regular CBS. That cost yeah, me a that couple did, weeks ago. I'm like, what are you doing? That like yeah, that would be awesome, but it's not the case. <laughs> Just an over there yeah. game put on your local channel six ten two whatever it may be. But find the game. It's at twelve. Was it um, twelve thirty Pacific time, one thirty Mountain time out there in a uh, good old Laramie War Memorial Stadium, but. Anything, any last things you want to add really quick before we wrap this thing up? Any tidbits I didn't hit on for you? Yeah, you know, I'm trying to I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Uh, 
the uh, yeah, the WC defensive line. I, I guess I just can't can't speak to that enough. The best player there is Namdi Aguayo, um, and he's uh, he's he's a kind of a freak athlete. Um, you know, really excellent pass rusher. Um, he's been out most of camp, and um, I've heard some whispers that he's back at practice. Um, nobody really knew what was going on, you know. So who knows? Nobody was seeing him at practice, which leads you to think maybe concussion issues or something like that. Um, but but heard a rumor he's back at practice. Um, you know, he's a guy who um, you know is is easily the, the the team's best defensive lineman. So um, if he's able to do some things, that'd be important. Um, the linebackers, you know, I, I'm really curious to see how Clay's maybe tries to compensate um, for the lack of talent on the defensive line, particularly with a team that you know is sort of there's a lot of questions as to whether they can actually beat you with the quarterback. Um, so I have a feeling you're going to see um, Wazoo, you know, really kind of stack a lot of guys at the line. Um, another guy that you'll see probably everywhere is safety Jalen Thompson. Um, he's a legit all-pack 10 or all, sorry, all-pack 10, all-pack 12 <laughs> uh, first-team candidate. Um, he's excellent. He, he's, all, he's a junior. Um, he's been a full-time starter since he stepped on campus. So he's a guy who's everywhere. Um, he'll come up and run support quite a bit. Um, so I you see a lot of him. Hunter Dale's another guy. He's a nickel, uh, very talented, versatile guy. Um, you'll probably, again, see him in run support, but also see him, you know, clogging the passing lanes. And um, if I were to bet on a guy to make a, a game-changing defensive play, uh, it would probably either be Thompson, the safety, or Hunter Dale, the nickel. Those are two guys who just kind of have a knack for finding the ball um, and doing something. So I think, you know, if WSU can, like I said, get out in front a little bit, make Wyoming play from behind, I think that really plays into their hands. Um, if they make some, you know, some dumb mistakes on offense, turn the ball over, give up a short field, which, you know, they're pretty prone to doing um, in their season openers, um, then it uh, then it becomes, you know, much, much more difficult. Um, you know, and again, particularly on the road, I imagine, you know, Laramie, I mean, I don't know how jacked up Laramie gets, but um, I imagine Laramie's going to get about as jacked up as it gets mm-hmm. for the idea of a, of a Pac-12 school coming into town, so and it being a home opener. So um, I think it should be fun, you know, and I, I think it'll be close, and I think it's probably going to give me heartburn for, like, four hours. Oh, jeez. Because, yeah, I don't like, – it's going to – like you said, or as we finish here, if it's 10-0, even, like, 10 is not a big difference. But for this one, I mean, offense, that's a big difference if they're down 10-0 and, say, the first two possessions, and particularly if Wyoming goes, like, three and out twice. So that's probably the biggest – like, the overall biggest concern for Wyoming is don't get behind more than, like, six or seven points, especially not early. Because if it's 21-3, yep. 21-6, it's game over. There's They don't have the offense to come back. And so that's the biggest concern probably I think Wyoming should have is can the offense do just enough. But, Jeff, thank you so much for hopping on. Check. Thanks, Jeremy. My pleasure. Yes, excellent. Check their stuff out. Kookcenter.com. They have a seems like thousands of articles on this opening weekend. They do a great job covering everything Washington State. So they have it looks like you chat with a beat writer from Wyoming over there. Got the depth chart post up, a few other things. Just go immerse yourself in knowing about the other team. They do a great job. And get ready for Saturday. We'll have a good one. So thanks for hopping on, man. I'll see you around. Thank you.